Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influential You and your co-host for this weekly podcast. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. And since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we're going to speak with Nicole Brionis with Consortium Health Plans, where she's a director of actuarial and analytics. Nicole's journey through our programs revealed some key takeaways about ethics, money, and personality, and more. And for her, she has this mantra I love, which is let accurate thinking lead the way. So our story includes being recognized for her skills, moving across the country, and nearly doubling her income. Nicole now lives in Nashville, Tennessee with her husband. Nicole, welcome. It's great to have you here with us today. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's great to have you. Now, listen, Nicole, I know that there may be some internet Is there issues. There may be a little bit of a delay. We'll see if we can deal with it. But as you participate today, if something happens and for whatever reason you get kicked off, just rejoin. We'll fill in while you're gone. So first thing that I want to do is just want to ask you some questions. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Is there anything else that we should know about you currently? You know, your job, your occupation? Uh, like sure. That. I think a big part of this. Yeah, I think the big part of the story, I think that will be helpful for everyone is uh, I'm an actuary um, by trade. Uh, and an actuary is uh, a profession that requires significant amount of study and multiple exams that you need to pass. Um, it took me about 11 years to get fully credentialed. And an actuary is somebody, the way that I describe it is they quantify risk. So I was in the healthcare world. I helped employers determine how much money they need to have to fund their healthcare plans for their employees. Um, so help them think through the risks of that, um, especially when healthcare reform, ACA, Obamacare, whichever way you want to call it, came to be, there's a big need for that kind of specialized knowledge. And that's how I got into the industry. That's great. Now, I know that seems to be a big delay, right? So talk back to me real quick. I'm just going to see if I can judge the delay. Sure. Um, it's pretty good right now with you. <laughs> all right, good. I think we're all right. Okay. okay. So you first started to participate with Influential You in what year? Uh, it was April of last year. April of last year. And so tell me a little bit about life before you started studying with us. What were you dealing with? So before Influential You, I was of the mindset that if you work hard, if you work a lot, uh, people will notice and people will validate that by promotion, by pay increase. And so whatever hard work you put in, it's going to come back at you. So I spent um, my whole career just like working really hard. Uh, right, like working, not the normal eight hour shift, but 10, 12 hours. And on top of that, I was studying for my exams. Um, so 20 hours on top of an already like packed schedule with work. 
Um, and so that for me was the way that I was able to define my value or even better, the way that the company I was working for defined it for me. Um, mm. And so just continuing to work, work, work to get ahead. Mm. And it, do you identify as a personality that we teach? What would you say you identify as? A producer. A producer personality. Okay. So just as an aside for everybody, uh, producer personality is one of the four personalities we teach and they tend to find themselves in transactions as Nicole just described in a kind of a, a working role or a doing role. Uh, and Nicole, it's not uncommon for producers to find themselves a little overwhelmed, working mm -hmm. really, really hard, trying to get their value proved through, um, just working, just working really, really hard. So that wasn't working for you or, or how come, why'd you start studying here then? I mean, it, it worked at first, right? At first, so I was at my company for 10 years before I recently left in October. Um, and at first it worked, I got promoted every couple of years. Um, I got really great accolades, but the money didn't necessarily follow and all other aspects of my life all my other conditions of life suffered like pretty good <laughs> pretty, pretty significantly um my like health like uh, towards yeah towards the end of my time there um i was having like heart palpitations because i was like working so much and so stressed out about work um sometimes i would get vertigo when i was overstressed when i needed to just like take a break so my health started to get impacted like pretty significantly. Um, luckily, I have a really great husband and partner. And so my my relationship there, not as strained, but still moments when like I can't do anything because I need to work more. Because the more I work, the like better I am, right? right. And the more value I can bring. Right. So then... Why'd you do FOT? Did you, how'd you find out about it and why'd you do it? So Trisha Tyler is a good friend of mine. I met her when I was working at my previous employer, Mercer, and she had kind of planted the seed a uh, couple years back that this was something that I should consider. And I had just finished my actuarial exams. Um, and I'm always just used to doing extra stuff right on top of my day. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll look into this and maybe I'll do it. And so I did the application process, um, which kind of hooked me because I like to like feel special and like, I like to be like included in things. Um, yeah. And so I started studying mostly because Trish had suggested it to me and I hold her opinions very high. Um, but in the end, like it kind of changed my life in a sense, like change the way that I approach how I live my life every day, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad to hear it now. <laughs> um, I, I think, I think one of the things that you mentioned in some of your notes is one of my favorite parts of the fundamentals, because I had a similar sort of journey. And what you said was something about discovering ethics. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned, in fact, the session where in the fundamentals of transaction program, we do something about ethics and talk about that. Can you tell us about what you discovered in that session? 
I mean, that was the pivotal session for me. So we're talking about ethics and how you apply, you have an ethical statement for different pieces of your life. And Marnie was talking about, she was leading the class about just like a general ethic for the way you live your life. And she cautioned like, be wary of what ethic you choose because it can have, you know, bigger consequences. Like you need to have some accurate thinking of what ethical statement you want to attach to the way that you conduct yourself in your life. And she gave a really great example. And then I realized that my ethic and the way I'd been living my entire life, um, I mean, I'm in my thir early 30s, like my entire life was living to like meet expectations, to prove myself, to myself, to others, to others' expectations that I thought that they created, but that's the way that I approached every decision, unknowingly, every decision that I made, mm. right? Like becoming an actuary, you have to take exams. They're really hard. It's like a 30 to 40% passing rate. And that's like one of the reasons why I continued to do it was because that was my ethic. Like I was trying to prove to everybody that I can do this really hard thing. I am that smart. I can work hard enough, but it created a tremendous amount of suffering for me as a result. So having that realization, and I'm still like, I still have to remember that in my life now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just like changed the way that I thought about the actions and the decisions that I make in my life. And why did it change things for you? Well, because I realized that every time that I don't meet these expectations or as I try to prove myself, every time I don't reach those, it's like the world has crumbled on me. Uh -huh. For example, every time I wouldn't pass an exam, 30 to 40% passing rate, right? It's going to happen more than once. But every time I failed, I would just be like in a state of despair, like just so upset. Like I let down everybody in my life that even knew that I was taking it, let alone supported me because I wasn't meeting the expectations because that's the ethic that I lived. So good. What I want to do for our listeners, uh, if I can, for just a moment, I want to just explain this particular lesson. Um, it's very simple. We ask people to think accurately, which is one of your strong suits here. So we ask people to think accurately about their aims, like what is your aim for health? What is your aim for money and so forth? But then we begin to ask people to write an ethical statement about each of those aims or each of those different areas of life because people haven't thought about how am I going to behave around this aim? They just set a goal. Like I want to lose weight or I want to make more money or whatever the case may be, but they don't have an ethic about that aim. And what we do in this session is reveal to people that in the absence of stating an aim, there is often what we call an umbrella ethic, a kind of overarching ethic that some people honor. And it's a blind spot. It's a, a way that they tend to just go about things just like you described. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was your ethic. Mine, when I first famously took some walks around the block with Kirkland many, many, many moons ago was um, loyalty. I was loyal no matter what, for example. And there are different kinds of ethics like 
you know, being loyal, working hard, um, do one to others. These ethics aren't by themselves bad ethics <laughs> just unexamined it's not i mean it got you pretty far it's it's mm -hmm. you know great ethic but left unexamined then it produces some hardship how are you starting to see that um continuing to unfold yeah that i mean ethic? that ethic like it applies to all the different conditions of life right mm -hmm. so when we started thinking about money um and we have a great financial advisor with jeff miller <laughs> sound financial group um who's also within you know influential you ecology we started thinking about money and um like i always was a saver i always put money aside because trying to like live up to the expectations of you know being financially secure or having a certain amount of money or whatever it may be and then we started looking at our current situation. We were living in Seattle at the time. Um, and I'm sure many people know that Seattle is an expensive place to live. Um, we lived in, you know, a 650 square foot apartment, um, paid, you know, an arm and a leg for it. And as we started thinking about what are our money aims um, and getting really clear on what those aims are, not like I want to retire one day, but I want X amount of money on my balance sheet by this day and i can like you know and then that's very clear it's very specific we started looking at what are we doing now to reach those aims um and realize that hey like we're not taking the right actions to meet mm -hmm. those uh and that's what got us looking at living else somewhere else um and we looked at all over the country and really thought about what how we wanted to live and what things were important to us. And the cost of living was one of them. Long story short, we settled on Nashville. We bought a house um, from Seattle, sight unseen. And now we live in a 2,100 square foot house on a quarter acre. Our mortgage is significantly less than our rent. And now we put over 30% of our income towards retirement. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really amazing. It's great. It's like very rewarding and like settling and like it feels really like secure. That makes sense. Yeah, that's really great. So now in the programs, you addressed your ethics. Uh, you just talked about money. I want to know a little bit about this. You know, uh, Josh sent me a note and said, you know, she practically doubled her income in the program. I think you I know the numbers exactly and you don't have to reveal the numbers, but you know, you did have a significant increase in your income. How did you do that? Well, I knew that I was done with working at my previous company. Um, and I, I asked them for a pay increase and I put together a, a proposal for that. And they told me that they felt like I was at market, but I knew that I wasn't at market. So I declined that assertion. Right. And so I started reaching out and looking at other companies and what other opportunities there were out there. Um, and I had a couple of them that I was pretty far along in the process. And then this new opportunity kind of popped up where I would have access to the C-suite. I'd be working with someone that I was really highly regarding. Uh, and I started to transact for 
a pay that I thought was, well, I threw out a number that was like more than, than what I was initially considering and they accepted and they accepted all of my terms. Um, I think if I would have asked them like to give me a puppy, they would have given me a puppy in the end. Um, <laughs> That's, hilarious. Like <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, so now yeah, this is it beautiful. Was, uh, I was going to say, this is really great okay. because, you know, one of the things that we teach people is to accept or decline according to your aim. So first you think accurately about what you want. Then you start to make invitations and offers. You make a proposal to your current company. They say, no, it's market rate. And then you decline the assertion. By the way, I love that statement. You know, I decline the assertion. I decline the judgment. I decline what they said. Um, so first of all, good on you for declining because that's one of the, you know, step one in transacting powerfully is to decline the assertions and judgments and so forth. And then you go about putting together an offer and then transact for what you want. And I'm just, first of all, I'm really proud of that because you're just a shining example of what we teach in that way. So congratulations. Were you going to say something else about it? No, I was going to say thank you. I mean, it's like uncomfortable sometimes to decline something and also a little bit uncomfortable to ask for what you deserve and ask for something that aligns with what you want. Um, and were you, you know, I know that thinking accurately really is a mantra that runs throughout your life. How did you know that you were that valuable? Because look, Many people listening to this podcast may have an assumption about their value and they're just wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You know, maybe, maybe it's some conceit, maybe it's entitlement, maybe it's naivete and they're just wrong about their value. How did you go about assessing the value that you offer and what you might get for compensation? I mean, I have good people in my life. Like I have, people who know the industry. I have people that are able to help me articulate what my specialized knowledge is. And I was able to like understand that I have the specialized knowledge in the actuarial science world. Um, but I also have been a consultant and actuaries tend to be a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, not necessarily people facing, but because I was in consulting and I did both actuarial stuff and core consulting work, I could bring those two specialized knowledge together and make it even more scarce yeah. to, to put out as an offer in the market. And the job that I landed on is I'm the chief of staff essentially for the chief actuary. So it blends those two specialized knowledges together. And that just doesn't exist very often. That's so good. And did you get some coaching from- I know we're having a little bit technical issues, but I'll add one more thing. It's, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna- That's what I was gonna add, John, is that because I have people and mentors that help me amplify my value and guide me along the way without them. I I'm not sure how far I would have made, like if I would have gotten that high, 
but because I have that, you know, peer support group, um, that really made all the difference. What's it like for you that you are now making so much more income and then you've reduced your expenses so significantly? By the way, I love that cup. For those who are just listening to this, um, she just held up a, a coffee cup that's as big as her head. Uh, um, and it's a coffee cup from Seattle where you used to live, the home of coffee, right? Oh my God, that's an amazing cup. And it's got Seattle skyline all the way around the edges of it. So how did you... What was it like for you? Excuse me. How is it like for you now? You know, with so much more money, you've reduced your expenses significantly. You now are in a a, a job or a role where your value is really, really appreciated, quite profoundly. What's it, what's it like for you now? How do you feel about all that? Honestly, it took time to settle into it because yeah. it was so different than what. I was doing before and I felt myself getting caught back into the old narrative that you need to be working a lot because that's your value. Mm. And so I have to remind myself that I need to rewire the way that I think about what my value is away from the doing and the hours put into doing to what the product is and how I'm supporting leadership and meeting their aims. Um, and it, it'll sneak up, sneak up on me every once in a while. Uh, but it's taken time to settle in. And I think in the last month or two is when I'm finally like, Oh, like I can do so many more things with my time now. Like I do gardening now. Uh, we have a puppy now, like a real puppy, not a puppy that I requested with my offer, <laughs> a real one. <laughs> uh, looking into, you know, doing some more different hobbies. I'm, you know, working on in math now with influential use. So just a better life in general. Yeah. So good. Well, first of all, congratulations and good work. I, I'm just, again, really, really proud of you. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to say about what you learned about personality? I mean, I'm a producer. And so my inclination is always to work, right? Like just get straight into the work. And as I've studied more and more with influential you, and I've learned more and kind of sharpened my skills and, and knowledge around that, I get better and better identifying personalities and then better and better at leveraging them more appropriately. And I can give you an example. Uh, we partner with, an external company at work and we were working on a roadmap for a product over the next three years. Um, and I initially invited a judge to brainstorm with me and he started pushing back and I was like, why, like, what are you pushing back on? And then I realized that I shouldn't be asking a judge to brainstorm. I need to go find an inventor to brainstorm with me and then bring it back to the judge so that they can apply their superpower to yeah. help identify what we're missing, what doesn't make sense and what can be better. Uh, and just doing that without the knowledge of, of personalities, we would have gotten on a call. It probably would have not been very good. He probably would have been annoyed. I would have been annoyed and the product wouldn't have been that great. But instead, 
I went and had the conversation with a couple inventors, brought it back to the judge. He said, this works, that doesn't work. We took it to, to our external partner. We have this beautiful three-year roadmap. And now we're in contract for next year's statement of work. And it's, it's a breeze. It's easy peasy because we already know what our three years are going to look like. That's so good. Uh, so good. All right. Well, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm not sure about how long the delay is. If you're watching, uh, again, I'm interviewing Nicole Brionis. Um, the topic really is about letting accurate thinking lead the way. And so a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to ask you about a few things. I'm going to say all of these things because of the delay. So first of all, I'm going to ask you about accurate thinking. Is there anything else that you want to say about that? Then I'm going to come around to what we call a soapbox moment where uh, we give you the opportunity to say anything you want to say uh, since you're, you're now being listened to. So first, anything else you want to say about this theme that runs throughout your life and accurate thinking leading the way? Sorry, John, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat that last bit again. Um, tell us about accurate thinking leading the way. Um, so right, I would say right now I'm working on, I think I caught what you said. So first I'm going to talk a little bit about accurate thinking. And then I think the next part is like the soapbox part, but I'll go with accurate thinking first. Great. Um, I always now try to pause before making any type of decision or a next move or step in a condition of life. Um, so for example, I've been, I've been at work on my career aim uh, and thinking through what is it that I want to do next? Uh, and how do I want to what actions do I want to take to get me to wherever I want to go next? Right. So one thing that I've been noodling on and flirting with is an executive MBA. So pre FOT, I would have probably just done it. <laughs> right. Like I yeah. would have thought there's prestige there. Uh, it's going to continue to prove how smart I am, how accomplished I am. I'm going to like, you know, meet the expectations of everybody that I've suddenly created these expectations that she should get an MBA. Um, so I would have went and done it. I probably would have done pretty well. Um, I would have worked real hard. <laughs> but now I'm pausing and thinking, does this executive MBA, the time that it's going to take, the money it's going to require, uh, the sacrifice, all the things doesn't mean my aim. Um, and then that got me thinking, well, has my aim changed for my career? Like, do I need to reassess what my aim is? And after I understand and can clearly articulate, and that's what I'm working on right now, clearly articulate my career aim, then does the executive MBA support that? Mm. Um, but like I said, if I didn't have that accurate thinking, I probably would be starting next week. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. All right, good. And then Soapbox, what do you want to tell us? I mean, 
The biggest, well, a lot of things impacted my life uh, after taking FOT. I mean, the ethical statement is just all over my life, the way that I live it, the decisions I make. Um, but it's really finding a community, the ecology where you feel, where I feel like I belong and where I feel like I'm with like-minded people because I've always felt like a little bit different, um, a little bit more, like I was always really ambitious, always really worked hard. Um, and I never really found a community that said, yes, it's okay that you're like this and let us support you and let us help you develop and be better. Um, mm. And the community within Influential You does that. And I think that's, it's rare and it's special. Um, and I like appreciate all the people that have created that culture and continue to grow it now. Um, and then a thank you to Trisha Tyler who, you know, planted the seed and watered it and <laughs> bloomed into FOT, which, you know, created where I am now and I continue yeah. to reassess and continue to work and continue to uh, try to try to be better all the way around, but well, for accurate thinking. That's right. Through accurate thinking. And, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about you so very much is obviously uh, you would have to be checked out to not understand what a smart, smart, woman you are you're just really really um intelligent think accurately i now love how methodical you are i'll call it methodical so you're ambitious you're methodical you think accurately you don't just jump you don't just go for it you you do the difficult work of thinking accurately but more important it's wonderful that you've surrounded yourself with such a great group of people and i'm going to say it this way i'm so glad that you're now part of the great group of people that people get to meet when they join influential you because you're now a part of that so it's great to have her with us that way all right well what we're going to do is we're going to take ourselves out next week we want to welcome Tim Nicholas to the podcast. Tim's story begins with some early losses that he overcame to become a successful intrapreneur within a major children's hospital. And he now teaches fathers how to be new dads and has, in fact, joined the faculty of Influential You. You'll not want to miss the interview. Love this guy to bits. Thank you so much for joining us today. Each week we do stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, so you can easily share this with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you get your podcasts. Don't be shy. Give us a rating, a review. Give us some likes. Share this stuff. It helps us so very much. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that we may have talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, faculty, and members all around the world. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, with video and sound by Michael Teehee and Daryl Anderley. 
The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on August 3rd, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Train to Everywhere. And as I said, if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. We'll see you next time. Thank you.